Welcome back to another episode of Being an Artist is Fucking, fucking killing, killing Me. I'm Rainy. I'm Corinne. And thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys so much for coming to Nostrovia mm-hmm. this past weekend. It was amazing, and I feel very thankful. And I want to thank the cast, um, who's amazing, and the band, who's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also the cool crew that we had. Mm-hmm. And the team that helped put it all together and everybody that helped out and also the Peacock for giving us the space. Yeah. And know that if you came and bought tickets or contributed in any way, all of that goes right back to the performers. Yes, exactly. So that's cool. And that's great. It's super amazing. And I feel very thankful. And for all those questions I've already got about when we're remounting, I don't know. And don't <laughs> ask me. <laughs> I need to write a 60 page paper. <laughs> Last week we talked about Radio Public being a free, a free platform and way to listen to podcasts, but it's a platform that pays its podcasters. So we're not saying switch over, but if you felt like it didn't have room on your phone, switch over. <laughs> uh, this week we have the amazing Alex Grant, and I'm sorry in this intro we sound exhausted. It's because we are. Yeah, I think I'm on like two days of. Day two of a hangover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Alex is super cool, and we are very lucky to grab her, and she's amazing. Here we go. Hello. My name is Alex Garant, and I'm a visual artist. Can I swear? Yes. Okay. I'll try to not swear too much because I'm sure my dad, my, my dad's going to listen to it or something. And he's going to be like, why are you swearing so much? Because <laughs> they're all a bunch of sailors. That's all <laughs> I'm an artist, dad. <laughs> Duh. I swear. um so you kind of i find like looking at your art and what you do is i was trying to like to define it for myself and i couldn't really put a name on it so how would you like talk about it if someone was asking you like the the style of it yes like uh well i describe it as figurative op art Mm -hmm. but that's kind of how i describe it but you could describe it as just, um, I mean, it's oil painting, but it's just a um, right. different twist on a traditional portrait. Um, I don't know either. Like okay. I can give you like a super elaborate way to describe it, but it's basically, yeah, oil painting portraits with a twist. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's the. How do you <laughs> get started with like the oil with oil painting? I feel like that's a medium that's not typically used as much anymore. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I went to art school a long, long time ago. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say because I don't want to reveal my age. It's okay. <laughs> no. uh, I went to art school. When was it? Uh, 16 years ago. Mm-hmm. And then you explore like all kind of mediums, right? Right. Like, you try acrylic, you try gouache, you try watercolor, you do yeah. sculpture, you do all this stuff. Uh, back in the day, we had a little bit of digital, but not that much. That's how old I am. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we tried oil. And for me, that's just a medium that was the easiest to work with. Right. Um, I think a lot of people don't work with it because it's a bit more pricey. Okay. And a lot of people love the instant satisfaction of acrylic. Like you paint, it's dry move on to another section as per or like you know you can keep massaging it and sculpting it for days before it actually gets dry oh uh, wow. but in the places where i show like in the galleries where i show i find like there's quite a few oil painters in there mm-hmm. yeah how many would you say i mean you might not be able to answer this 
I just am, so I'm starting to under the reason I'm asking these questions is because I'm starting to understand that like certain um, disciplines, like certain musicians, I find, yeah. and certain types of like visual art, there's like a very small group of people that do it. Like I've noticed that finding someone to like play upright bass is like impossible. It's like they're like fucking unicorns, right? Uh, <laughs> and I like feel maybe and maybe just because like I don't know enough about like paints. Or, like, what it is. But I feel like the oil... I just don't hear as much about, like, oil painting. Or right. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I've, uh, like, I, I, I would consider myself part of this movement called Pop Contemporary, which is how a lot of um, galleries that I show at describe um, the style that they curate. So Pop Contemporary, which is kind of... Uh, influenced with illustrative work, with pop art. Right. Um very different in what some galleries show that are more like, you know, little landscape or touristy art or mm-hmm. uh, modern art that is usually what people think about when they go in a museum, they see a big blue, paint, blue painting and they're like, oh, is this art? So the style I'm in, which is a bit more pop contemporary, would be something that's a bit more illustrative, right. but use traditional techniques. So there is kind of a micro subculture in there which is artists that show in that style Mm -hmm. but it's really big in california Mm -hmm. new york it's not that you showed australia yeah Yeah, that's those are usually my main markets um i find that toronto is in general a little bit behind what's happening kind of everything in terms of art is what (laughs) we've like begun recognizing like we're not as forward as we think we are that's right yeah Yeah, Yeah. i feel like we're still trying to catch up and it comes with art as well yeah and Um. that comes across in like a lot of genres like a lot of people we have in here say that like oh if i was like you know when i go to new york and i want to go to berlin and i want to go these places and i come here and it's like flatlining yeah yeah Yeah. i don't show here at all like i don't interesting i don't show in toronto at all all my shows are in california new york and Mm -hmm. australia I feel like Toronto is like, it's weird, right? Because it's so business oriented in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a lot of the cities that we mentioned, I mean, New York's very business oriented. It's like the heightened of everything. But like in Berlin, it's like not business as business oriented. You know, it's like art, I would say. Like the the embrace the creative. Right. But when I was there this summer, I met a few different people that were there for doing tech startups. Oh, it's like starting oh. to happen in Berlin too. It's starting yeah. to like lots of companies from San Francisco are coming over to Berlin. Mm-hmm. It's weird. I'm, and I'm wondering if like, you know, like Toronto's like pushing like, are we like a business city? Are we an arts? Like it's like right. there's a constant like movement and like pushback between the two. Well, I feel like we adopt art when there's good business. Like the film industry in Toronto is huge, and right. TV and industry growing. Yeah, yeah. Netflix is opening production studios Universal. here. There's yeah. a bunch of stuff happening in the movie world because there's money there yeah right, right. because there's money so yeah. i think it's all mm-hmm. about money but those are there's a lot of galleries in toronto um and there's a lot of people but, that make art yeah yeah but there's so many artists that i know from toronto that are a huge deal in the states like they could go in galleries and people would be like fangirling girling over wow. them in the states like huge names and they come here like nobody know who they are yeah I'm curious to, like, why choose to live here then? Uh, well, I think, like, a lot of people, we just, well, I'll talk for myself. Like, I'm from <laughs> Quebec City, and I moved here for work uh, 14, 14, 13 years ago, something mm-hmm. like that. And I just love the city. Right. I love, like, the buzziness of the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and I love that there's always something to do. And I do feel like even if I don't show here, there is a lot of creative people. So there's good conversation to have about art and creation. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe there's less opportunity for what I do specifically, but I find there's still really good conversation with other creative beings in the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, the food in Toronto is awesome. <laughs> there's so much good food. I was just having this conversation the other day with someone. Um, I went to Cafe Can Can. Oh, yeah. And we did their tasting menu, which was like 10 courses of French food. Mm -hmm. And we were just like talking and being like, this is like, you don't really people that go traveling for food. You don't really need to in the city. Mm -hmm. Like Toronto has such good food from any region of any place in the world. You can find it in the city. Yeah. It's very authentic. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And it's because, I mean, it's literally just because we're like allowing people to like people are coming over here. From other countries, right? Well, that's the best thing about Toronto is that nobody's from Toronto. Yeah, I agree. It's awesome. It's a beautiful (laughs) melting pot of amazingness. And people that are from Toronto, you know they're from Toronto. (laughs) (laughs) You can, like, spot them. Yeah. (laughs) Adam and Nicole. (laughs) But I think that's that's an amazing thing, right? Like, we welcome a lot of people, and then they bring so much from their culture and the food, and then, like, we learn to appreciate everybody else. And then, I don't know, I think it's there's something really magical about embracing other people's experiences and whatever they bring from their background. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no art in Toronto. <laughs> I mean, I, some galleries going to listen to this and be really mad at me. Like, There's art here. It's just, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to like, yeah. not hard to find, but it's hard. And you know, I don't know if it's just like, because we all live here and we're just like, ugh, I'm over the things in Toronto. Because we live here. Right. And we're so, like, used to, like, the same types of work being made by the same types of people. Yeah. That that's why we have this mentality. Like, maybe if you came over from, like, Detroit or from, like, Berlin, you'd be like, oh, there's, like, interesting heart. It's very different here. Right. Nah. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I think it's because my, like I said before, like, that whole pop contemporary um segment of the art market is way bigger in California where they embrace like pop art and illustrative art. Right. And I feel like not necessarily Toronto, but in Canada in general, we still have something to prove. Like we still want to show group of seven or modern art or stuff that we're in in like the nineties or what we think collectors wants to buy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we don't embrace what the younger generation is doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. I'm that's very over postmodern. Right. Yeah. Like we've been like living in postmodern for 25 years. Like. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but personal opinion. I mean, I'll yeah. be happy to. I would agree with that too. I think it's like, I don't think galleries or, um, I find like it's hard as a younger person trying to, find accessible art that also interests me in the same ways that that other entertainment does and right. I'm finding it doesn't in Toronto like I don't really unless there's like someone specific that I'm going to go see at the AGO or something that's like I never go right. and then I don't because I don't go and because I'm not like immersed in that I don't know the smaller galleries that might be putting on someone right 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 yeah, I mean, there's there's all kind of way to appreciate art, right? You can, like you said, you can follow a specific artist and then you discover galleries through that artist. So mm-hmm. It could be the opposite where there's one gallery that you always love whoever they show. So you start right. going to all the openings, right? But openings is a big thing as well when we talk about the Toronto market uh, is you go to an opening in whatever, in LA, there's an art show opening huge crowd tons of people people right. are actually that's their date for friday night mm-hmm. right. this is their activity let's go to a few art opening let's just go uh to three galleries tonight um 
as per gallery openings in Toronto, some of them are well attended, mm -hmm. but some of them are not so well attended. Mm. Um, once again, this is just like a generalization. Like, I mean, there's exception. There's right. artists do that do really well. Yes. It's yes. just, and, but I haven't put that much effort here either. Because so. the market is somewhere else. Right. Like for me, I found a, a market somewhere else and I started putting my efforts towards that market. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if I put a bunch of effort into the Toronto market, I mean... Is it going to be worth it? Right. But it could probably work. It would probably work. Mm -hmm. um, but do you have time to put that effort into that market? Right. Yeah. I feel like yeah. I already have like really good partnerships with my galleries in California and in New York and in uh, Australia that... Um, that's enough for me to make a living out of mm -hmm. my art with those markets. Um, I would love to show in Toronto a little bit more just because this is where I live and it would be great. Um, but even sales. See, I'm trying to convince myself. <laughs> I'm trying to make a point where like, no, it could. It could be Toronto. But even my sales, like on my online stores, like I would say 75% of them are to the in the States. Wow. Yeah. People buy art over there. People buy prints. People buy stuff from artists. Mm -hmm. And yeah. So I'm trying to defend my city, but it's not working too well. Right. <laughs> like, in my head, I'm like, am I wrong? Am I being too judgmental towards Toronto? I don't know. Sometimes, but, I mean, like I, am very, like, I don't go to enough things that I should. And I just, like, feel like I don't because I this is like such a little stupid excuse, but like, I feel like sometimes I just don't have fucking time. Like, there's so much going on mm. that I'm like, I'm working or like, I need to do this. Or like, this is like a, not a priority right now to see this. Or like for me to have like a relaxing day and then have to like go to a show is like not really relaxing for me. Cause then I'm like thinking about something that I'm constantly doing throughout the week. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. Like sure. going to yeah, a yeah. dance show when I've been, all I've been doing is thinking about dance all week is like not relaxing for me right no. and I have to like go out of my way to get there and go out of my you know it's not like I can just like sit at my house and be on Netflix or like go out and like meet a group of friends for like drinks it's like I don't know it just feels there's something almost like because I'm like a part of it and because it's like my job it doesn't feel as like it feels like research like it feels like work. right you're networking you're, yeah yeah you're still within Within your persona of work, yeah, I feel like it's often that it's like you need to put that persona on to get out of the house because you have to represent yourself as a dancer when you're out there with dancing yeah. people, right? Yeah. yeah. So as per if you were doing something that was unrelated to what you work in, you can be more like the personal version of yourself you want to be because you don't have to represent yourself on a prof professional level at the same right. time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I also think because of that, I like people that like come to stuff or like listen to things I'm doing. It's like people that aren't in that market. Like I feel like like my friends and like the people that are like going to buy things or like buy resources are often like outside of the market of like dancers or artists sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, like, I don't know. I think we, I think we all have a tendency to also to respect and even worship people that do something that we're not able to do. Mm -hmm. So... I don't know. I feel there's a bit of that too. When you stay in the creative world, but you um, you go see like whatever dance or mm. even like a band or something. Like I'm mm. not a musician at all, but I do respect the craft, right? So that's super interesting. Right. So seeing things outside of your field, right, mm -hmm. might be more relaxing. I totally agree with the dance show thing. I like also can't turn it off. It's right. really hard to sit there and to just enjoy when I'm like, did that work? Did it not work? Did I like that? 
did I, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. And like we've said this before, it's like you, you like while you're watching the show, you try to craft feedback or right. craft something to tell the person because you know they're usually your friend in the community. They're going to come up to you after and like, how'd you like it? And oh. you have to have one. <laughs> so it was great. Double yes. thumbs up. Yes. Yeah. This that's is. the, yes, that's the <laughs> right. default answer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, do you feel like that when you see other, when you go to galleries and see other people's work or? I mean, I'm a huge art fan in general. Like right. I grew up, my mom taking me to like museums and I went to art school when I was super young. So I always really loved art mm-hmm. in general. Uh, so I still have that feeling, especially when I go to a museum and I see pieces from masters. Like I went to Paris last year and then we saw all the, the Louvre. You know, yeah, the Louvre and the Musée d'Orsay. And I saw all those pieces that when I was a kid, my mom had a poster of it, mm-hmm. like a super cute poster on the wall. And I was <laughs> like, oh my God, it's a real deal. So it was, it was just a really, I don't know, really big experience for me. Um, so I still appreciate it. If, if I go to, uh, whatever, see a show where I'm going to use a term I don't really love, but a show with more emerging artists. I'm doing air quotes right now. <laughs> emerging artists or artists that are still trying to find themselves. I'd probably be a little bit more critical. Yes. Um, but sometimes it's just because you see the potential, right? And as like... That's a, a good way to look at it. Yeah. 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 Like you, you see a show and you're like, oh, okay, well, this could have worked better. I don't think you're trying to be critical. I think you're just trying to see the potential of what it could be. Hmm. I yeah. think. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we're just very critical. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking about like the term potential. And I remember being right. like insulted by that a lot. That term because I was like always like cool. But like those are your ideas. And like that's obviously I'm not there yet. Right. Like I feel like I got told I had potential like. Up until I, like, not up until, like, not like people have stopped at all. But, like, I feel like I remember being, like, being told, like, oh, you have potential at, like, 24. And I'm, like, am I ever going to, like, not have potential? And am I ever going to just be, like, there? Like, I yeah. know, sometimes I feel like oh, that the term potential is also, like, like emerging. Like, it's, like, a weird, right. you know? It's, like, it doesn't mean anything. It means everything, but it means nothing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But I, I find as artists, there's always that fine balance between, being super self-conscious and being a, and having a huge ego. Yeah. So someone tells you something like that, you're like, oh man, like, uh, like you question everything. Right. And then the day after you're super confident about what you produce and you're like, I'm the shit. Yeah. Right. So I think you're always kind of riding that balance between yeah. self-doubt and thinking that you're everything. Yeah. And I think when someone offer feedback, it might bruise the ego a little bit Mm -hmm. so i don't know i got some pretty harsh feedback in the past and my first reaction is to be offended and sometimes it takes me a few days to be like okay let me just soak this in get better but what kind of harsh harsh feedback um when i first started showing in galleries a few years ago I got feedback more on technical stuff. So okay. it wasn't necessarily about what I was painting, but it was uh, my framing or how I was hanging the work or how my canvases were stretched, like little things like that. Mm-hmm. That wasn't done as professionally as it should be. Mm. But somehow when I first got the feedback from the gallery, it felt really harsh to me because, you know, you put so much work into it. But they were right. Like they know better. Right. right? Um, <clears throat> I get a lot of trolls on Instagram. Really? So, yeah, I get a lot of haters. Um, and I still get really pissed and annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> These trolls have no face. I know. know. 
I know. And I really want to reply to all of them and just be really mean. And then I take a breath and then I try to, you know, think like, you know, let's, I want to represent myself properly. Mm. I want to show the younger artists that you should not, you know, react to this kind of stuff. (laughs) But inside I'm fuming. Like I'm really fuming. But yeah, most of the time I try to just... You gotta not read the comments. You gotta not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's like also the tricky because social media wants you to be engaged with your following and they want you to like do all these things. You can't just like post and like hope people like it. You have to be engaged with them. But then you get all these like shit comments that you're like, I'm not gonna engage. I'll tell you the one that really pissed me off is so let's say a like a park gallery partner post something that I did. Okay. okay. They did a repost or whatever. They posted like, this is art by Alex Grant, whatever. And then someone sees something like, oh, this is a piece of shit, but on their profile. Oh. That makes me really mad because first I'm like, oh my God, like what are they going to think? Which, I mean, they're not going to think about it, anything about it. But what makes me mad is if I see that the person trash talking is someone who's trying to make it as an artist... They're also an artist. Right. That really makes me mad because I'm like, you know what? What if one day we have a show together? What if one day we work together on the same project or we meet together at a gallery? Mm -hmm. I'm going to want to punch you in the face. (laughs) You know? And you should think about it. And you should think about your social media as a work networking, right? right? Like, especially if you're an artist and you're trying to represent yourself you can go and trash talk other artists that you might walk into, like, yeah. later like would in you life. say that in person? You're no. just burning bridges, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah, those are the trolls I freaking hate. But, <laughs> but I mean, I try to keep it under control. <laughs> yeah. Most of the time. I, but it's true. Like, I think sometimes it's hard. Like, even, like, on our, like, iTunes, I think we have, like you know, whatever, how many, five stars. And then we have like one, two star. And I'm mm. like, who did this? Right. Like, how dare they? I, right. I remember when, the, when I saw that for the first time, I was like, who fucking did that? <laughs> and I'm like trying to figure out if I can see on iTunes, like in my, and on the gal pal profile, like who fucking did that? <laughs> like, is it somebody I know? Is it somebody from like, I was like, do you know who it is? It's this bitch from high school. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's immediately what I jumped to, you know? Isn't that a thing? How, like we want to see who did it. Like yeah. we want, like, how dare you? Like, say something to me. Yeah. It gives you closure. It's closure. Does it give you closure? Or it's just like, I'm going to look for your next thing and I'm going to give you a shit review. I don't know. I could never do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I think I'm more interested if it's like people that I like respect now or if it's like someone just being like from like, if it was like somebody, if it was that bitch from high school, then I would be like, fuck this girl. Right. Obviously, I'm never going to see her again. Whatever. She doesn't even, she's not even. She doesn't even know what she's talking about. She doesn't know what she's talking about. I'm better. I'm smarter. You know, like that's like your cocky attitude comes see? in. Yes. But like then all of a sudden it's like somebody who's like in your close circle or if it's someone that you like are two degrees separated from, you're just like, oh my God. Like, what they do they think it should, is it bad? I don't know. I don't, I feel like it's always random people. Yeah. Like it's I, people that have like no emotional attachment to you. Cause so it's easy for them. Yeah. Right. They're like, mm, I don't know these people. I didn't like that episode. Bring. Right. Where it's like, if our friends, it's always like five stars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's such a weird thing to me. Like I understand like leaving a review for a hotel or a service. Yeah. But when it comes to, let's say podcast or, 
I don't know. Is it like a, a movie where you like you, you totally open yourself to saying like, you know, this movie is one star. I thought this movie was five star. Do we feel that it's more personal because we're so close to the end product? We're invested in it. Yeah. yeah. And Could that and, and the fact that like Apple is the only platform that does this. The, the star reviews? Yes. So like Spotify and you're really dependent on where you stand in the charts by charts by how people rate you. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So listens has something to do it with it, but it's also like how many good reviews you get. Mm. So like you can find us on Spotify and we're like in the mix of like every other performing arts podcast on right. Apple because we're like small time, even though we have 70 episodes. Right. You have to like go searching for us. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Like we're not going to show up on like the page, the, like the, the top perform, like the like the yeah. top ten. Page. Oh, that's interesting. But those top ten are because they have reviews and ratings, and the people on the platform are engaging with the platform, not right. necessarily just listening to it. Oh, that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. See, with art, even if someone hates you, except the trolls are annoying. But if someone write a whole essay about how bad your art is, it's still okay. Because people have a reaction to it. Yes. You want people to react to art. Like I would much rather have someone have a reaction to it than right. walk by it. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But it does suck that in the platform you're using, it does impact your rating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's like these... Yeah, I mean, like, obviously podcasts wouldn't exist without, like, iTunes. And, because I think iTunes created podcasts. Is that, like, bad for me to say? Uh, I don't know. Do we think- know our history? <laughs> I, I think mean, like podcast, well podcasts have been around for like 10-ish 15-ish SoundCloud years. maybe and I think how they first started is people part- started putting them up on like their own websites uh, and I think like the streaming platforms came later but I'm not sure how much later oh, okay. well, what is the definition of a podcast because technically if you, have, too. if you have a radio show back in the day like since forever yeah. mm-hmm. you had radio and you had programs right so technically that's kind of the ancestor of the podcast mm-hmm. the podcast is just that the format is now listening on demand yes. and hosted differently right um so it's more individualized. So we're gonna need to Wikipedia this. Yeah. Um, yeah. After what is the definition of podcast? <laughs> yeah. Maybe someone can write the definition of podcast in your comment section. Yes, please. please. Yes. <laughs> Give us a history lesson. Yes. We're please comment below. Yeah. But I, like that's those these like big tech things have come in and just like like Instagram, iTunes, you know, etc. And just like try to monetize it and try to like, and are helping certain, certain groups of people like are helping some people become influential and becoming successful, Mm -hmm. but also like not helping people become successful. Right. You know, like even with like influencers, I feel like to become an influencer now, it's like so much harder than it was five years ago for like these like bigger names to come up. Well, the algorithm is, we talked about that earlier, but the algorithm is kind of messing up the natural feedback or i don't know like it's it's insane like for me with my instagram let's say when i had let's say eighty thousand followers i used to get twenty thousand likes for a post right and the day that i got a hundred thousand followers on instagram my reach went down to half of it and now i'm at 145 thousand followers on instagram and if I make a post, my reach is maybe 20,000, but my likes will be maybe 2,000 to 3,000. That's crazy. Yeah, which is like 10% of what it used to be when I had half the followers. 
Wow. Yeah. Because they say, well, I think that's how it's set up. Nobody knows. It's a big secret. But I think the way it's set up is they realize that once someone has a certain amount of followers, they will be willing to pay to promote their post and promote right. their and content. And if you're not on, if you're like, I'm not paying to play. Right. They don't see a value in you. That's right. So that's like shoved to the back. That's People right. have to go looking for you. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't come up in the feed. Yeah. Does it piss you off that as a visual artist, you have to kind of like deal with Instagram and you have to put like a large, you have to like at least think about it, right? He's, right. Are you monetizing off? Well, are you able, like you're selling things kind of through Instagram. People are discovering you more and more, right? Right. Well, I, so I feel like I have a fairly healthy relationship with social media. Mm-hmm. I like to see myself as an artist who happened to be on social media. I don't like to think myself as, you know, a social media like influencer right. who happens to paint because there's a few of those out there. Yeah. Like I don't post picture of me painting in booty shorts and you know my boobs out uh, <laughs> because I want likes. Like I will never yeah. do that. So I, I see social media as a marketing tool for my art business. Mm-hmm. Um, so even if the algorithm is not as great as it used to be, it's still a useful tool for me to use. And I think what happened is a lot of artists a few years ago took for granted that that tool would be there forever. So they were like, oh, there's so many print cells now that we have Instagram. Then they switched the algorithm and then it messed up a lot of our um, sales, direct sales on our website. But we were lucky. Like we had it for a little while and mm-hmm. now we just have to take it for what it is. So right. I don't know. And it is a privately owned company. It's like you know, right. It's a business in itself. So mm-hmm. we can't dictate what, how they, what they do with their business. Yeah. It's yeah. not, it's not ours. Like it's yeah. not, it's not, we yeah. think this is my Instagram, but it's not right. Right. You, you are signed up to someone's platform. That's right. Yeah. So you make the best of it. And it's also why I'm a strong believer in traditional avenues for artists. Like I do really believe in the gallery system. Like mm-hmm. a few years ago when Instagram was so big. A lot of artists were like, well, we don't need galleries. I can do all direct sales on Instagram. And now that it's slowing down, it's like, oh, like I would like someone else to sell my art. So yeah, I've always yeah. been a really strong believer in strong partnerships, strong relationships with your galleries or your partners. Yeah. Uh, because we don't know. Like, what about if uh, in two years the internet doesn't exist for whatever reason? <laughs> You know, or Instagram shuts down, or even even gets worse. How would I find worse. my way home? <laughs> <laughs> but yes. you never know. You never know what platform is like. Yes, totally. is it going to crash for two weeks? Is it? Yeah. You know, you can't rely on just one tool, right, to market and yourself. The relationships that you have with galleries and your partners will prove more beneficial in the yeah, long run. Of and, course. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But yes, I do as a business because I consider what I do. Uh, my business, I do have to use that tool. I do have a reminder on my phone at 7 p.m. Every day I have an alarm that says, post something on social media. I don't always do it, but the alarm will ring one, once a day to remind me that I should be posting something. Wow. Is it like to your feed or to your story or to both? Wow, either. I'm not that uh, structured okay. when it comes to yeah. post. I tried to be for a while and I realized that it was becoming so much work mm-hmm. that now it's just like, if I have something to post, I'll post it. Right. And that's it. Like, is there, do, can I ask if there's a reason for 7 p.m.? Uh, <laughs> no, I just feel like when I had the day job a few years ago, it was when I would be home and like settling down after dinner to right. get some work done. 
As per now, I just do art full time, so it could technically be any time during the day. I have another app that tells me what's the best time to post. Mm-hmm. Oh. So I could look at that app that tells me like today, 3 p.m. will be your best time to post to get more exposure. So there's an app for that. How does it play with that? How does it know that? It calculates traffic, I think. Or it takes the average of likes from all the time you posted and tells you which post had the most likes on which day, which hours. Yeah. That's so this is why this is why it's jobs for people, right? <laughs> right. So, yeah. yeah. You can't. So I have that app, but I don't really I don't use it, but I do have the data if I really want right. to it's look collecting. into it. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. I it's just like it's finding that balance, right? Like I said, you don't want to become well, you can. Like you can become a social influencer that happened to do whatever craft you're doing. Mm-hmm. Or you could be that creative person that just happened to use your social media. Right. Mm-hmm. And I prefer being the later. But Right. Yeah. Uh, I, it's a personal opinion. It depends. Like, do you want to be a content creator or do you want to just use it as a marketing tool? Right. Right. So, I don't know. I, I, I yeah. used to be super into, super into it. And now I just, I mean, I still do a lot of it, I guess. I post every two or three days. Um, I do use Twitter. I do use uh, my Facebook page. Uh, I find it harder on uh, Twitter to like gain, like um, to gain followers or to gain get your content out there. Right, right. I find it really hard on Twitter for some reason. Yeah, well, yeah. Twitter is my. I think I only have like two thousand five hundred followers on Twitter. Yeah, um, I am verified though. They were the first one to verify me. Which Twitter was? Yeah. Weird. Yeah. So they verified me right away, but I don't have much followers, but also most of the content I post on Twitter, there's just an extension of what I post on Instagram. Right. And a bunch of random comments about stuff I watch on TV. So yeah. Because <laughs> I want to be part of like, are you guys all watching this? Totally. <laughs> Twitter is so. also like uh, much more engaged in the sense that like, if you're not on it on a regular basis right, and like doing other things with other people it's like you just like don't exist right mm. um i think twitter is really good for like searches so if you want to talk about it's really good for events that are happening in right. real time yeah yes. that's like how i get yes. my news it's like on the twitter news feed that's like i go on there and i'm like what's happening because online. people are engaged with it constantly yeah right. and, and constantly you don't even need hashtag now like on twitter you can just search oh, one word search. yeah like when there's a storm you search like ontario storm and then you're like oh everybody's in the snow yeah. just like me and somehow <laughs> it makes you feel better about yourself but yeah yeah but yeah twitter is i i'm a consumer of twitter but i don't participate that much mm. yeah Instagram is still the best one, even with the algorithm. It's visual. Yeah. 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 Then Facebook is okay. Though those DMs on the page, it's so complicated and I hate it. Um, I have Tumblr. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is Tumblr still a thing? I guess. I, yeah. Andrea was just talking about Tumblr as well. I was like... Some people are super into Tumblrs. So it's like got a weird cult following. Yeah, so I have yeah, Tumblr. Like Reddit. But it just duplicates whatever I post on Facebook because of the share button. Yes. Um, I guess I have a Pinterest too, but I don't never post on it. <laughs> I get tagged a lot on Pinterest. I get a message at least every day that I got pinned like two or three times a day. Like wow. someone is pinning your art. Yeah. Oh. On Pinterest. Wow. I have heard from like other people that do write blogs that Pinterest is very important for blogs. Oh, yeah, because yeah, because yeah, if you do like a travel blog and you have like art 
or like photos that are attached with oh, it, right. the article will be attached to the photo and people can pin the photo and read the article later. Right. So like those like very important apparently mm-hmm. uh, i like pinterest for home decor ideas yes <laughs> yes right I like, hey, crafty. <laughs> so i bet most of those like... pictures and stuff are attached to people's blogs right oh yeah maybe. probably like yeah. recipes and like stuff like yeah yep. yeah so i like the food network recipes i'm a huge food uh, network yeah I'm like a food network addict really i love the food network uh i just like it doesn't so- there's something weird disconnecting to me that i never understood about the food network and i think it's because First of all, you're not doing the, you're not making the food. So it's not like the relaxing thing. Right. You're watching people make the thing. Right. At the end of the episode that you don't even get to enjoy. <laughs> like, yeah. that's the weird part about it. I'm like, why am I, I now I'm hungry. Right. <laughs> I'm going to go spend too much money on groceries or I'm going to Uber Eats because I'm fucking starving. I think, I think it's the, I think it's like watching, um, what was that fashion design or what, uh, Project Clue? Runaway. Project Runaway. Mm. So I think it's just to watch someone being creative mm. and then it makes my brain work thinking, what would I do? And I yeah. like that. <laughs> so when I watch a Food Network, especially the competition shows, and I'm like, hmm, how would I sculpt the Santa in a cake? And <sighs> I mean, I'm never going to sculpt a Santa okay. in a cake. But I will but... say that Food Network, okay, there's Food Network and then there's like baking shows. Baking right. shows, I like, I find they're quite visual right. because you get to see what they look like. Where yes. it's like food... There's some visual elements that, that when they played it nicely, but like a lot of it is taste. Like if you're making right. like a nice salmon Wellington with like something something, Sorry then specific. like this, this, <laughs> also I was like I've never ever seen someone do salmon Wellington, but you know whatever. And then, but I'm like oh that looks like a cool pastry with sauces, but right. like I bet you it tastes amazing, but I'm not experiencing the sense that the main sense right. that's yeah, coming I, from I, it yeah, right I know what you're saying yeah i don't know mm. i don't know what my problem is then i don't know whereas like sugar like i'll eat sugar no matter what like i'll eat it from a fucking icing can and i'll eat it from a cake but yeah. like it's the visual element that makes it interesting for me right right i don't know i love like beat bobby flay so uh-huh. good it's like i'm so engaged into trying to beat bobby flay <laughs> with the other guy like i'm totally voting for the underdog i don't know i'm totally emotionally connected to all those shows yeah. <laughs> something wrong with me those i don't um, know the the editing guys who make the story in the editing sweeter yeah very happy that yes. you just said that because <laughs> that's where reality tv is that's made. right yeah. yeah yeah but i don't watch that i mean i don't have cable i haven't had cable in like 15 years so i just stream like i have all the good like netflix and disney plus yeah and all this disney stuff. plus yeah. So, yeah yeah i just got that and uh and then i have prime video where it's where i watch my food network yeah so Anyway, I want to jump back into. Um, yeah, let's talk about art and stuff. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, food network. <laughs> when did you start noticing that most of your sales and stuff was coming from the states? And is that when you started trying to get in with galleries in the states? How so, did that happen? Yeah. So um, when I was I'm 37, I have to think about it. Mm-hmm. When I turned 30, this is the sad story. I think I told you guys that by the email. But so when I turned 30, I had a heart attack, right? Mm -hmm. So this is when I decided that I needed to really like change my life. And I wanted to really do art for a living. And I was finally just committing to art and being an artist. Um, This is when I actually made the decision, this is going to happen. And I started applying to a bunch of galleries. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do some art. I'm going to do 12 pieces in my basement just to have a collection. I'm going to make myself a little shitty website. 
and then I'm going to apply to galleries. And then I got so many no's. Like it's add an Excel spreadsheet with where I applied, uh, the date, the time, which pictures I sent them, the feedback I got. And I would email maybe like 15, 20 galleries. Then I would wait a month and I would email them again. And I had a whole spreadsheet. And it just started with like which galleries gave me a chance. Mm-hmm. And uh, one entry-level gallery gave me a chance. And then in the same city, another gallery owner stopped by that gallery and saw my work. And then they invited me to do a show. And then a better gallery invited me to do a show. Mm-hmm. And after that, I didn't have to apply anywhere. So I basically just followed where the demand was. Right. Yeah, that's cool was my strategy. Mm-hmm. They want me, they will have me, yeah. <laughs> basically. But it's funny because the first real show I got, well, I did a local show here in Toronto at a gallery that doesn't exist anymore, but that was before I really uh, found myself But as an artist. But the stuff I'm doing now, the first gallery that booked me, um, and that's kind of interesting. So the back in the day, they found me via Instagram. Mm-hmm. So... Good point. Good point for one point for Instagram. <laughs> if I'm not through Instagram, but I would not post a lot of picture of myself. So they booked me for a show and I'm like, I'm going to go to the opening because it was my first time showing at a real gallery. And they didn't know I was a woman because my name is Alex. <gasps> yeah. Wow. So I thought it was super interesting because the art world is really male dominated yeah. still. Mm-hmm. Um, even if on social media, there's as many uh, female artists as male artists. When you go in galleries or museum, I mean, a museum, less than 5% of paintings are actually by female artists. Wow. And in gallery, the balance is a bit better, but it's still very male-dominated. So it was interesting to me that I show up at a gallery, and then the owner kind of looked at me weird, and it took a second, and then later on told me, oh, when I booked you, I thought you were a guy. <gasps> yeah. So... Did you ask if it, it would have changed? I did not, because I was still... I was a baby and I was still probably too shy to ask questions. Now yeah. I would probably ask, but... Um, That's so interesting. Right? Yeah. Because I always wonder, would I get the gig if I was if he would have known that I was a female? But then it doesn't matter because after that, uh, another gallery basically poached me. And <laughs> I was really happy to say yes because it was a better gallery. Mm-hmm. And that kind of left me with a weird, like... Weird um, vibe? Yeah, like mm-hmm. sour note. It was just oh. weird. But my name is Alex, so maybe I shouldn't complain because maybe it's a good thing, you know, that he didn't know. But right. it's interesting, right? Because right. it is something that uh, we don't necessarily realize because in social media, it doesn't matter like if you're female or male, whatever. But in galleries, it's still mostly male-dominated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Is that the only time we've like run into that where someone has like literally said, oh, I thought you were a guy? <clears throat> uh, I got that a lot at the beginning. Uh, I would get asked to do interviews or like you know blog interviews Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and uh then people would say like oh i didn't realize you were a girl i didn't realize you were a girl just because my name is alex and then right i didn't post a lot of pictures of myself so people didn't know so yeah happened a lot at the beginning even on my instagram i would post a picture of myself eventually and people would say like oh i didn't know you were a woman and i'm like that's right. So why does it matter at this point? Right. I don't think it matters. Yeah. But it can be a bit, not insulting, but when someone asks you to do an interview, let's say for a blog, mm-hmm. and then on my website, it does say, well, I'm sure it says she somewhere. Yeah. 
So those people ask me to do an interview, and then... They haven't even done their fucking research. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, so that annoys me. Because I'm like, like, could you at least read my bio on my website? Like, just the minimum? Right, so you have questions but, to ask me that are relevant and right. topical and... Yeah. For me, that's a bit ego that I just like... Don't you know who I am? <laughs> but no, I think that's like... <laughs> Sorry. No, that's important. <laughs> yeah, but like the minimum. Yeah, right? like at least have Googled me yeah. so you can at least recognize my face when I walk in the door, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. No, yeah. You're, no, like the pronouns and yes. like no, like discipline and like what's going to... Yeah. Stories about them. You yeah. Know? Totally. So I thought it was weird. It happened at the beginning and now I feel like I'm a bit more established so it doesn't happen. Right. Um, Wow. Which I was going to say, people now know who I am. Sounds super douchey. Uh, <laughs> uh, people in my scene usually right. know by now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's kind of weird. Not that it matters. Like, I mean, these days, I, I don't really care if I identify as a female. I don't think it should matter. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, but when that first gallery booked me in and they were like, oh, I was like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Just awkward. Yeah. Super. What do you say to that? Right? Yeah, that's true. Right. Like, how do you deal with that situation in the moment? I'm still willing to talk about hockey. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess, like, what would it be? Like, oh, I thought you were a man. And cool. yes. yeah. yeah. Is there a, is there a, fu- is that, right. Were we, you were a man, dot, dot, dot. Is, right. like, does punctuation matter in this point? Right. Like, right. Mm. I don't know. Weird. Um, can we talk about your heart attack a little bit? Sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm used to talk about it now yeah so, um was it something that was caused by like environment or stress or was it like is it like heart disease that's like uh what are the word i'm looking for runs in your family yeah like genetics yeah genetics yeah uh no well it was it was a really because weird... very young yeah i was 30 it's it was actually very... on my birthday oh so my joke is you know when you buy like a phone or electronics and then there's a warranty, and then as soon as the warranty expires, like, it stops working. I said, like, my warranty expired at 30. <laughs> like, uh, my body was like, that's it, guys. I'm out. Yeah. Uh, oh, but God. Basically, I, I was traveling in Florida the week before, and I got really sick when I was there. I had, like, strep throat, and I just had a fever, and I don't know. I was just sick. And I flew back, and I went to a doctor. And they're like, oh, we'll give you penicillin. It just looks like you have a bad throat infection. And I'm like, okay, they send me back home. My fever spiked to like 104 or whatever. Like I couldn't move. I was just like on the couch. And I was like, okay, it's okay. I'll be fine. Whatever. I have the flu. And I just went to bed and I woke up in the middle of the night and I just knew I was dying. Like I knew I woke up and I'm like, I need to go to the hospital. I'm dying right now. And the only way I could describe it is I was like, my stomach exploded inside and it's bleeding everywhere. That's how I kept saying, like, my stomach exploded. That's what it felt like. And then, um, anyway, long story short, I took a cab to go to the hospital because I didn't know I was having a heart attack. So I was like, I'm going to call a cab. And uh, they knew right away I was having a heart attack. But basically what happened is I had mysterious infection. Okay. And it went in my bloodstream. And the, I had myocarditis and pericarditis, which is um, the sac around the heart and the heart itself. So I had two infections. So it's like if you have a throat infection, it gets swollen, red, and full of pus. My heart was like that. So my Ooh. heart was actually infected. 
so it would not beat properly and then my left valve stopped beating and will stop moving I should say mm-hmm. and then my heart just crashed mm-hmm. wow. so yeah so that was fun um I'm fine now yeah. <laughs> I was in the hospital for a while I took a lot of medication and the only thing I've left is I have a little bit of a heart mirror mirror okay. on okay. my left valve, but it's really not a big deal. Like I work out every day and everything, and it doesn't really affect me. Um, but yeah, but it was emotionally, it was a big transformation. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, because it's it, you feel very small, and it feels very real. And I couldn't move from my bed, so they would come and do. Um, echo and then they would do it in my bed so I could actually see like my heart on the machines as they were testing me so I was thinking like whoa like this is it this little thing like if it stops beating like that's it yeah so I wrote this long letter while I was at hospital and thought I was dying I actually asked my friend to give me I had my my computer my computer and I started writing a letter of all the things I should have done you know, they say you're about to die. You're going to regret things you didn't do, not the mm-hmm. things you did. Mm-hmm. And I started writing a letter of like, I need to talk to my grandma more. I need to call my mom more often. I should have done art for a living. Mm. I should have done this. And I wrote this long letter. And um, yeah, yeah, it's sad. It's right. okay. But like, after it's like, so after you came out of the hospital yeah. and you, did you reread the letter? Did you reflect back on like what you had? I I never read the letter again. I think it was a little like it was on my save on my desktop for mm-hmm. so long. Uh, I think because I knew what was in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was also forced uh, to do full bed rest for six weeks after. That's a long time. So I was at home and I was just watching TV for six weeks. Like they told me, like you can get up a little bit to use the bathroom and shower once a week. Like but. Don't stand up too long because they don't want your heart to start beating too fast. Right. right. So they need to like just you just need to like not move. Um, so that was sucky too because you're six weeks. You're like Depre- were you like depressed? Yeah. Oh, yeah. you get the blues for sure. Like you're not eating well. You just in your own filth. Like okay, I, sh- I did shower, but I'm just, yeah. <laughs> you know you still feel gross. Like yeah. you're, you're in bed yeah. all day. Um, I was actually on the futon in my living room watching tv but it's just it's very depressing Mm -hmm. and then you have this anxiety about all those things you realize you needed to do with yourself and with your life and you can't do it Mm -hmm. um so that was super traumatic Mm -hmm. um but when i came out of that i was good like it's really the cliche of you want to stop and smell the flowers and you love everybody like ten thousand times more and Mm. you I don't, you love everybody way more. You want to tell them you love them. You, you just want to appreciate every little thing. Right. And you also realize how much you're running out of time. And to me, that was the worst part mm-hmm. where I became super intense after that. I became like everything was an emergency. Everything needed to be done. Everything needed to get done because you feel like you're always running out of time. You're like... I'm going to die again. I mean, we're all, we're all going to die again. But now you're like, you know what it is. And you're like, right. oh, shit. Death is real. Like, this is right. a real thing. Right. Like, you, we're all going to die and I have stuff to do. So my life began about that. Just trying to leave a little mark behind. Mm-hmm. Make this planet a tiny little bit better. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, got deep. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm interested to ask if you said that was the moment where you decided to do art full time. Yeah. But did your art change because of that moment? Does it like very drastically different on either side? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Because I went. So that was when I was. So I had a heart attack when I was 30. I graduated from art school when I was like 21. So in between, I had I had so many jobs, right? I was I was a makeup artist. I was a nanny for a while. Um, I work as a clown for a kid's birthday party. At my corporate career, so I was working customer service and marketing and advertising sales. So I did all those things. And art was always just kind of a side project. So mm-hmm. doodling on the side. Right. Like, I always loved drawing. But it was always, you know, oh, I'll watch TV and draw something. It was more like a hobby. Right. Right. Even if I went to school for it. I mean, what's art school, really? Uh, <laughs> it's not a profession. Uh, no. but, I think that's a question we all have at some point. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, that is not a thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I went to art school, so at some point I thought it would be my career when I was young, but then you just end up having to find a way to pay rent. So it was always kind of secondary. So yeah, my drawings, they were not focused on trying to find my visual voice. They were not focused on trying to brand myself visually. Mm-hmm. They were just stuff I did for fun. As per when I made the decision, I was like, okay, I need to focus on finding myself, right. finding a voice that works for me. And sticking to it in order to build myself and represent myself a certain way when it comes to yeah gallery, museum, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you be- become way more of a business in a sense. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, if you want to make a living from anything, you need to see it as a business. I mean, I'm very lucky now I do it full time. So my business is my hobby and it's what I love doing, which is amazing. I'm so fortunate. But you do need to see it as a business. And... Um, the moment I made that decision is when the art starting to come together because they had a purpose because they had, right. um, it wasn't just like, Ooh, I want to draw a flower today and I want to draw a bicycle tomorrow. It was like, no, we're, we're finding ourselves. We're focusing on why we love painting. We're focusing on why we can paint over and over again for many years. So it was really kind of a big branding brainstorming session with right. myself. How long did that take for you to like, be like land on the idea that this is who you uh, are. I think so. I'm. I'm always. I'm 37. I always like to <laughs> count. Uh, it wasn't too long after I started making that decision. I think it took a couple of years, and I was in galleries. Right. So I've been fully showing in my galleries and selling art for uh, yeah, about five, five, six years. Where it's like mm-hmm. I would be considered like a professional artist once again air quotes professional (laughs) artist uh whatever that means right it's a funny term like emerging artists it's the worst like professional artists so if i have a day job i can't be a professional artist it's so it's so silly right no one knows what because i like financial security i'm not an artist right 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 because i I did i mean i had a job until a year and a half ago so Mm -hmm. yeah a day job air quotes Lots of air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> All of the air quotes. Yeah. I have yeah. to say air quotes because yeah. people can't see. <laughs> but yeah. 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 That's basically it. I, I feel like the moment that you make a decision that that's, this is what you're going to do, this is where you take yourself more seriously as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's the same for dancers or anything, right? I think it comes with like age though. I, or it comes with like growing. 
Right. You know, I think you take yourself more seriously and you realize that you, like, need to get shit done when you start, like, realizing that time is moving. I don't know. I see kids that take themselves so seriously when they're young. Like, I see artists that are, like, 17 and they're making it because they're like, I'm going to do this. And I'm like, whoa. But I also wonder if they're going to change. Yeah, that's right. Like, you're a little bit older. Yeah. And, like, we're, I think... I feel like I'm just coming into that place where I'm, like, making the decisions what I want my career to look like. Right. But if you would have asked me to do that five years ago, it would have been so different. Right. Right? Right. Like, those kids that are 17. There's no stakes in it for them. Right. And they're also, like, and, like, change is allowed and you're allowed to grow and change as an artist, of course. Right. Of course, yeah. Um, but what they're doing at 17 and they're, like, this is who I am, you're 17. I know. Yeah. yeah. No, for sure. I <laughs> just know? feel like there's... Even if they might not be perfecting whatever they're exploring, I feel like some people that are really young, they still commit to it. Of it took course. me way longer to commit to anything. Oh, yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. I, think, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think some people do need the age to, like, put reality and yeah. like, that life is we short get wise, into perspective. wiser. Yes. And then some people are just, like, born old souls. Like, yeah. They're born, like, right. that's how they're born. That's right. why they're, like, little prodigies, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's funny because, but it's funny because, like, art. I was doing art when I was a kid. I took my first oil painting class when I was seven years old, so I was wow. already super into it. Yeah. But deciding to make it your job, I think that's what Ooh, the challenge hard, is. Right? Yeah. Also, yeah. I wonder if like kids who are seventeen now, the time era that they grew up is like very different than the time era that you grew up. Right. Right. So, like, depending yeah. on your parents or your family structure, or like the house you were raised in, maybe it wasn't made available to you. Being like, yeah, go for it. Right. And, you know, they're like, oh, maybe you should have a job. <laughs> right. And then do your hobby. Yeah, you know? I think it comes with privilege as well. Like, yes. I, I'm a white woman in Canada. I feel like I was born with a certain privilege of like having to, having time to question myself about like, you know, what should I do? Try a bunch of stuff. And not totally. everybody has that privilege. And yes, maybe that's a factor too, why some people commit younger because they don't have the options that I had. So I do recognize that, that mm-hmm. I, I was very privileged to, you know, go to art school, like mm-hmm. in my, my late teens, instead of having to find a job and all this stuff. Right. Yeah. Which totally all this affect like your path, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Is being an artist fucking killing you? <laughs> well, I did that once. Literally dying. <laughs> <laughs> literally died. Uh, it is. I mean, yes, but it's keeping me alive at the same time. Mm-hmm. Because you have very low lows and you have really high highs and i think it's all about you know appreciating the highs and overcoming the lows and those days where there's no inspiration and you think you're the worst person on earth and everything sucks and nothing works and you're broke and nothing nothing works that's a lot of anxiety but it can change in a day the day after you get a super nice email message or Mm -hmm. you create something that you're super proud of and suddenly just switch over um so yeah there's a moment where it's killing me but Mm -hmm. i'm trying to focus on the moment where it's amazing Mm -hmm. i guess yeah right of course is that the secret 
Yes. Small victories, man. Yeah. <laughs> the little wins. Yeah. The little wins. <laughs> so it keeps you going. Also, after the really low lows, it's usually when there's a high coming. It's like a tide. Like, I always compare it to the ocean. Sometimes you give, you give, you give, and you don't see the wave coming back, and suddenly all the positivity and all the stuff you put in just comes back like a big wave and comes back to you. You just have to think about the wave taking this stuff away from you, all your energy out, but eventually it's going to come back. So that's how I find my zen. I'm such a hippie. My mom would be so proud. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yay, it's so fun. Thank you guys for listening so much. Um, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, anywhere basically that you can get Spotify. You can get podcasts. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Um, and you can find Alex at... Ooh, Alex Grant Art on whatever, all social medias. Great. Google me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much.